0: Hi, Hiya, Marcus Keeler here. How are you getting on? What's the crack with you? Just a wee note to let you know that in the show details, the show notes, there are links to various things that me and Ryan talk about. And also, just in case you're thinking, oh, well, Ryan's a film guy, they're bound to be discussing films and stuff like that. We do discuss them, but there's no spoilers for anything, so don't be worried if you hear us start to talk about something you haven't seen or played yet because we talk about games. There's no spoilers ahead, just a uh, good chat and stuff. Thanks very much. Enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode thirty-four of the Instant Feedback Podcast with me, Marcus Keeley. How are you getting on? It's been a wee while. It's a bit spooky around these parts now, so I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit frightened to do this episode. But um, you know, time rambles on. As do I. Um, this episode I have uh, someone on the line. We're still doing all this remotely. So if I close my eyes and, 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 and let him speak, it might be like there's a ghost or something. So that, that'll that'll add to the spookiness. And I recommend that you do the same. Um, this is someone who I met a long, long time ago. Uh, back, back almost in a, a different time compared to what we have now. He is a uh, YouTuber who has over 86 million views. He has over six hundred thousand uh, subscribers on YouTube, and these are only numbers that Instant Feedback can dream of. Um, will you please welcome to the podcast, Ran Hollinger? Ran, how are you getting on? I'm well. How are you? I'm okay. I um, I've I've spent a lot of time, as we all have in in lockdown, um, looking at the phone, going online, and uh, just just checking things out. And the last few months, I've I've been on a bit of a, a Ran Hollinger binge of your YouTube channel.
1: Oh, God, you've actually watched the videos, have
0: you? <laughs> yeah, I've went I've went all the way back. It's sort of whenever I watch them, I go into a wee bit of a sort of trance as you, um, well, maybe you should explain what your, your YouTube channel is generally. I don't want to mislabel you or get what you're all about wrong because I've seen a few times where that, that might have happened and you're, you're quick to correct. Um...
1: Yeah. Like I, I like generally I'm kind of like loose with what I would define myself as. I mean, generally speaking, I would just call myself a YouTuber at this point. Um, you know, there was a while where like, I kind of pretentiously tried to avoid the term YouTuber because I think people thought it was kind of a, you know, that's not a real job. That can't be a real thing, even though it's, you know, it's a full full full-time business at this point. But, um, I generally people would say I label me as a video essayist I'm not the big fan of the term but if that's what people call me I'll just I'll just take anything that comes my way but uh, generally I just look at horror media from like a sort of an an analytical uh, point of view I like to look at film as sort of beyond the scare you could say so it's more than just looking at it from pop culture where it's all about guts and gore and jump scares and stuff and sort of looking at it um, more like from an, like an emotional standpoint. So I would like to look at the, like certain themes that like kind of, uh, or I inject from my own life, like whether it be anxiety or depression or like existentialism and stuff like that there. And then uh, generally it's rambling until I uh, hit a point to where I think I've exhausted everything I can say about the film. And that's generally it.
0: They're quite good. They do go in depth. There's there's ones that I've gone back, like um, there's ones about the mask, uh, where you you uh, examined that, and I'm very fond of the mask because it was. It, that's a weird film in that I remember watching it years ago and really really liking it, and then having not seen it in ages. In the back of my mind, I was always like, oh, "That's a dead, that's a dead stupid film." That like I don't really like that. And then I happened to watch it a few months ago and was like, "This film is actually really fucking funny. This is really really good." Um, and I enjoyed your your video on the mask, and it was just. Even stuff like that, whenever I saw you were posting stuff online uh, about you know the latest horror film releases and stuff like that, I was like, well, I don't I don't watch a terrible lot of horror, so there was a lot of the videos coming up. I was like, well, I haven't seen that film. And it'll probably be a while before I actually get around to watching it, so I don't know, I guess I'll catch up on Rand's output whenever I actually get myself to the cinema. But one of the most recent ones that I saw just before lockdown and everything went to shit was The Invisible Man and it saw that you had put up a video about that and i was like oh yes yes that's that's one that i can watch i'm actually I'm, I'm ma- making a point to go and, and seek that out after the, i've seen the film um and that was that was an exciting one because you actually got to talk to the uh, the directors as part of their wee press joke. yeah yeah like that that was uh,
1: yeah it was like adam adam uh Adam there's a guy called Adam Adam Green has a PR company so he did in London and he 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 emailed me back um or, or Adam uh, Andy Green rather I'm getting names all uh, messed up here uh he emailed me back a couple of months ago and was like this is back when ha- the Halloween reboots had come out and he said like we have these like special boxes that we send out to critics and stuff like that and it's like we're kind of well more or less we we're like we we're kind of bored sending out to the same people so we want to sort of branch out and sort of see all the kind of other creative voices there are and stuff so he sent me that and I was like oh cool I like getting free swag from wherever I can and then within about two months later there he was again saying uh we're gonna we're, would you like to interview Lee Al?" who and immediately like that was alarm bells in my head because I knew him from uh the Saw franchise and uh like uh his own film like upgrade and stuff so that was kind of a real moment that him and Jason Blum and I was like cut off guard by it, and he's like oh well we'll pay for your flights uh you know it's over in this five-star hotel and we'll just go from there and it was like it was an other body experience actually at the time because I like I'm my social skills are awful so imagine you know going into a a, a room that's all kind of closed off with cameramen and lights and stuff speaking to two people like you know you think off you get a bit starstruck in a way and it was yeah it, it sort of changed everything um it's actually in fact the only other day I was emailed about potentially email uh, interviewing the director for a film coming out called freaky which is with Vince Vaughn uh so potentially have a chance to maybe interview him as well over uh well the sort of zoom format because you know we can't be press junkets in person anymore so it's a new thing <laughs> it's surreal still
0: that's quite good. I, I remember watching the video. I think people should go and check it out because I, I, I did get the sense that you were kind of sitting there like, Holy fuck. Uh, yeah, that's, let's, let's ask some yeah. questions. And it was quite cute at the end where he was like, okay, you've done your first one. That's that over. You never have to do it for the first time again. I thought that was quite a nice encouraging thing to say. Um, yeah. So Vince Vaughn freaky is this, are they expanding the freaky uh, Friday universe or uh, what, what's that about?
1: <laughs> so from what I've, from what I know of it, the, the the director he did the Happy Death Day films, which were kind of like Groundhog's Day, but as a serial, it's like a slasher movie. So I think it sort of seems to be like a, a sort of like a new niche that seems to be see popping up, or you know, paying homage to those kind of uh, yeah formats. It, I mean, I, I think it's an intriguing idea, the idea of like a, a victim and serial killer swapping body bodies. So if you're going to do Freaky Friday again, you know why not try a new subversive format like that? So. See how that goes. I mean, if it if it does well, I can I'm totally see that being a franchise as well. No problem.
0: No, that sounds good. I think Vince Vaughn, there was um, and you, you I might need to check this, but it would be interesting if you asked him about this. If you do get talking to him, there's a, a documentary he did where he walked around the peace walls in Belfast a few years ago. It was just him dandering up and down the falls, and he was talking to some like local politicians about the troubles and stuff. It seems like a weird fever dream, but I'm pretty sure it did happen. And I can't remember the context in which he was doing it. But there is footage I of him. I have to look into that. But um, yeah, weird. <laughs> um, if that was real, um, let's find out. And uh, I'm sure I will find out, you, yeah. can <laughs> you, you go, What did you think of Falls, mate? Here, you, you haven't yeah. seen the gliders yet? You have to come back and see him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be, he'll be thrilled by that. Um, as I mentioned at the start there, I met you a long time ago, probably about... 10 years ago now way way back i was
1: if this is like the stand-up days i was 15 so i would have been 11 years ago yeah god. this this it'd be 11 yeah 11 years ago in this month
0: oh god if you got any plan to celebrate that we've missed a 10 year unless you know i, I didn't get right uh, or something i don't know
1: I I, I oh, that like like you know you were talking about fever dreams there that was kind of I was a very strange period in my life because like as I said I went through like so many like creative journeys you could say in like the last decade thinking like I want to be a bit of everything and I, I think I'd always always told myself I'd love to go back to doing something on stage and I just sort of cowered out of it I think I had a I had like a a, a moment where I just had supreme confidence and then lost it all and then even going into this now, it's like, I feel like I've found like that happy medium where I, I, I'm i in control of everything. I can still do things to an audience but not have to deal with the pressure of, of remembering things on the spot Yeah, and being funny, which I can't really do anymore.
0: Well, um, no, I'd say, I'd say your, your videos, I was going a bit, uh, what do you call him from Coronation Street who repeats everything? I say, I say. Um, <laughs> Frank, something? Anyway. Um, no, your videos do you have uh humorous moments in it and humorous turns of phrase yeah. um and in some of them that you you mentioned that um you were talking about the dead set uh, the charlie Bricker thing and you mentioned in yeah. that video that you know he's a big inspiration and the, the type of stuff that you would cover and as i sort of went back and forth throughout your videos like more recent ones and further back you can see that that mm-hmm. has been a sort of like a gradual sort of thing that you're aiming for and the pacing and some of the language that you use is very reminiscent of his, you know, screen wipe days yeah. talking about me. Yeah.
1: Like I think like when I, you know, as I said, like I, I, I guess you could still say I'm still fairly young in the sort of trying to find, like trying to hone in that craft or your creative voice or something like that. But I think over the years I'd sort of, I'd sort of um, started sort of branching out and looking at different things and sort of, cause I think when I kind of first kind of got really interested in like, you know, uh, comedians and writers and stuff like that it was kind of like the very traditional mainstream ones and it was sort of when I was able to break away from that and look at like much more interesting voices and people were doing really different things or more so as I as I matured I think I came to understand like a lot of the those those kind of artists that I had never really like I didn't get when I was like 15 16 because when you're that age you're into like crude shit like all the time so um I think what spoke with me about Charlie Brooker was just that you know, it, it, it realized that not everything has to be followed by a punchline. There just, there needs to be kind of like a sort of a, a, that, that kind of, I find like those comedic beats when they're, they're more organic and it's like, you don't call too much attention to them or kind of more. So like, like, I'll, I'll, I'll sometimes put like a wee jab or piece of sarcasm or something in a script and, but I'll never try and treat it like it's a joke or a punchline, but more just let it sort of flow in naturally because that would be how I would converse with someone in real life. So it's, more natural and you know it, and then I was also is if people don't think it's funny or don't laugh at it then it's okay because I didn't it, it looks like I never t- intended it to be in the first place so I prefer it when it seems unintentional but when you look at like Brooker and stuff there was just this um this sort of stream of consciousness that like is just really exciting to me it's just like it, it's I, I I like I don't like things being you know like if you look at my videos, it's like everything's kind of structured and sometimes a little bit, I guess you could say meticulous in certain aspects, but generally I like things being really expressive and very free form because I think it's, it's more, it's more human that way. And like, I believe more in like emotion over intellect in a way. So it's, it's better to see what how people feel if like from a raw, in a raw way, than you know, it's trying to be, that's articulate every tiny, tiny thing in existence, if that makes sense.
0: Well yeah, it's you're trying to cultivate your your own voice through how you feel about it and I'm sure the the there's the influence yeah. of the audience, the unseen audience um at the time yeah. of recording and putting it together. How much of the, yeah. the 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 viewer feedback do you put into how you like how you would pick your next film or how you would maybe structure or angle? your video is there an element of well if i talk about a, a video this way maybe not necessarily like a clickbaity way, but i'll be like well more people will watch it if i talked about this aspect or yeah. are you more i have to i have to challenge my inner intellectual so these people will see us from this unique angle and that's what will get views like how, how much does all that <laughs> influence what you what you pick and what you talk about
1: i think you know what uh, i i will i will admit i'm still not 100% sure what it is that that i'm striving towards like in terms of the the, the the precise films i pick or the topics it's usually like it might be something that just i'm in a certain mood that week and oh here's something that reminded me of the mood i felt or it might be uh something that's been that i remembered when i was younger like you were talking about the mask earlier like i did like a jim carrey month where i basically took the cable guy the mask and east ventura and i realized well look at them i saw them when i was a kid now i'm seeing them as an adult you realize that they're like these really dark and sinister undertones in them and stuff. So sometimes it's just like uh, one of those epiphanies or I had a moment and I just feel like, oh, I think this is quirky and different and I just have a point of view. But um, generally when it comes to like the audience and stuff, so I do ask, I do write in the comments, but, you know, people should send requests and send me suggestions because there's definitely uh, weeks and months where I'm kind of like a bit lost in thought as to, you know, what's popular. I, I try not to chase what's popular, so... I know that um, there was that Haunting of uh, Blay Manor or something that came out on Netflix. Like, like that's the big thing that's being requested, but it doesn't really speak to me. It doesn't really interest me. So I have the freedom to not have to do that, even though it'll be highly requested. Um, like next week's video is on the lighthouse, which has been requested for like the last year, um, even though we only got it at the start of the year. But um, it, the, the gen- it's generally, it's like, I feel like I, I, when I take a suggestion, it has to be something where when I start it, it's like, yes, I am enthusiastic to speak my mind about this. There are definitely videos I've needed where I regret because I'm I'm almost like trying to force like something complex out of it. Like I know that people always sort of get all the negative comments. When people say you're pretentious, you're, you're reaching, you're uh, this, that pseudo-intellectualism and all that shit. And like, I mean, I don't really think about it that deeply. It's just that when I watch something, I don't like going this is good and this is bad I'm like oh that's actually I'm surprised that made me feel this way and so the 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 general that's that mentality because like humans are like so unpredictable and you know the mind doesn't work in one conscious way over and over and over again I, I always have I never have like a set pattern which I think on Patreon like I have my patrons vote once a month uh, for a specific video but usually the selection I send out are videos that I would have liked to have done so I like to gauge in that way, what, what people are interested in. So it's sometimes like it fluctuates. Like I did, I did a video on Matthew Holness's possum a couple of months ago. And that's like one of the most viewed, my most viewed video this year, even though it's the most obscure one I probably ever made. Whereas then I might do like a a mainstream topic that nobody will watch. So there's no, like, it's hard to predict what, what people really want and what people are really going to watch. So my mind is always set on, okay. Let's find uh, a happy medium where it's something that has, you know, a bit of an obscure presence on, you know, whether it be on like Reddit or somewhere on the internet. Uh, and it has like a bit of a cult following of some degree. And then I just work based on that.
0: It's interesting that you're saying there that the niche following of a film mm-hmm. can often get the biggest response. Because whenever I worked for a while, well, before, before it all went to shit, when I worked on an Extra <laughs> Vision. Um, yeah we would get very few, well, first of all, we would get very few films in each week. They just, it was a crappy store and like they wouldn't send anything to it. We would get yeah. Blu-rays of popular films that were out, but we wouldn't get any DVDs. So that resulted, now this was a few years ago, so people would come in and go, can I can have Die Hard 5 or whatever it was and take the Blu-ray. And I go, now you do know this is a Blu-ray, right? And they're like, aye, gives a popcorn. And then they would go home and put the Blu-ray disc into a DVD machine and scratch it and bring it back and go "Ah, that's fucked i i want a different one i'm like may i recommend a non-blu-ray uh release (laughs) for you sir um but the point that i was getting to was that we would get uh dvds of like really sort of obscure sort of limited release low budget horror and it would always get Hmm. loads of um like a, a a group of specific people would come in every week on that day. And it was like, you know, there would be students that would come in. There would be older fellas that would come in. There would be like um, parents uh, with their kids and stuff. And the parents like, oh, we, we really love the horrors. like, And they were really, really committed to it. And they would come up and ask yeah. and say, you know, has such and such come in? I was like, I don't really know what that is. Um, but apparently it has come in. And it's like stuff that I've never seen before and never since. So there does seem to be like that quite a sort of dedicated following to horror so yeah. I, I imagine that has resulted in people whenever you are making, and you're not, you're generally speaking, you're not negative about any film that you talk about that I've seen. It
1: came Even, even when I'm negative, it's usually like, well, I try to see the, the brighter side of it because when you get to all those goddamn like negative critics or just like, they just want to nitpick everything. And I just think it's like, okay, there's a market for that. And there are people that like that, but why do we have to be cynical in every single thing we do? Why can't we just enjoy the, enjoy these things? Why, why make a living out of hating the things that you're supposed to like?
0: Yeah, you are younger than me, but also wiser by signs of things. I'm not. I'm not quite. Definitely not. Definitely not. I have
1: no clue what the hell I'm doing in life.
0: Um, but uh, like the closest, the closest of the videos that I've seen that you came to be a negative was the the Cloverfield, the J.J. Abrams one. And by the time I finished oh, yeah. watching that, I was just ready to put my fist through the screen because I've watched all mm-hmm. the Cloverfield films and I've sort of enjoyed them all individually as their own thing. And then you factor in mm-hmm. like the Star Wars element of things, and then this overarching kind of like well yeah this film was going to be made but we decided to make it and say yeah it's cloverfield so it's maybe part of this and the whole lost and the mystery box thing like my god i was i was enraged by the end of that video but nothing through yeah. anything you've said you've just went here's jj J. abrams <laughs> being an obtuse prick uh his entire career yeah. and it's like right okay um. so yeah what was the point I was making I went on a, a JJ Abrams uh, rant because um, <laughs> that just all came flooding back to me Um. yeah so people are, are quite committed to the horror as evidenced by me working in extravision, I guess but also I'm sure in the, some of the response and, and the comments and the feedback that you get some people as with anything else if they're really into something they're really into and they will take you to task and, and disagree with you no matter what you say about it yeah, there's always going to be someone upset mm-hmm. and how, how do you manage that is that something that puts you off or are you is are you a big enough a person to sort of ignore that or do you even try and argue with them or just go well you know what so what
1: i'm past i'm definitely past the point of arguing with strangers on the internet i've definitely learned that um like generally um i i i guess there's there's that there's like a kind of two ways to look at it like i would be lying if i said i was thick-skinned about it like i think it, it's like nobody nobody likes to get a criticism at all um especially when you have you know put like your heart and soul into making making an argument for something and then one guy in the internet manages to make you um uh like upset about it in some way um but yeah generally i just i kind of ignore criticisms that I feel like, uh, they, you know, obviously I'm going to ignore the ones that kind of just, they, they just don't like you because they just think you're some knob on the internet, which, which is, they're not wrong, but, um, when it comes to like major disagreements and stuff, I, I don't engage with it, but I will definitely if I if well, I can heart comments so people can see things that I kind of like you know engage with. So I'll like heart something if I disagree with it because sometimes they do make a, a valid point. Because there's definitely films I'll cover where I could totally like just rip into it and say like really nasty shit about it, but I'm like no, I want to try and be positive and say like I released a video on House of Wax yesterday and like any other like if you got me reviewing that like five years ago i would have said horrible horrible things about it but i'm at a point where i'm starting to see kind of the light in things mm-hmm. so i try to make a very positive you know video on that it's like hey well there's a, there's another way of looking at it even you could say the same thing about it, as i said about the jim carrey films um but then there are people yeah in the comments that will be like no, no i still think this is bad for this list of reasons and then usually it's like yeah i don't disagree like hey there I, I think, you know, like I was more opinionated to fight back on things like when I was younger. But I think as you get older, you sort of realize it's like the less said, the better. Um, you sort of let uh, other commenters respond and sort of let that discourse happen down there. Um, I'll engage with it if it's like um, sometimes if it's on Twitter and it's public. I'll maybe engage with it a bit more then because I'm a little bit more you know, it's, it's, it's a bit easier to kind of get a response and stuff. Whereas on like on YouTube, it's the the comment section can sort of fizzle into nothing really. Um, if somebody DMs me, uh, on the very rare occasion, I'll maybe say something back if it's, if it's, I feel like I've got something really quick and valid, but, um, no, the disagreements are good because sometimes it's like, it's, it's sometimes good to, you know, always have the best, the both, both sides of the argument. And there are videos where I do try and present things in like both ways. I know that my most negative video I made this year was on the, um, was it, the scary, scary stories, and where, or what was that scary stories one? The, the or I, I don't remember the name of it. The one that Guillermo del Toro um, uh, produced, um, and I know that's the, that's probably my most negative negatively received because I know that everybody has a heart on for him, and I just was, you know, I, I, I didn't see what it was trying to do, like, I, and, but then the argument everybody had against it was this was made for a different audience that I thought, and it's like, and so like I would, and, and so I would concede in that. It's like, yeah, maybe it was, well, you know, I didn't understand it in the fullest extreme and stuff. So I have no problems with that, but um, it, it you know, it's not even, there's even the occasion where someone will say something that will change my complete opinion on, on, a, on a film or something in general, but it, it does take a, a hell of a lot of convincing because there are definitely days where I'm probably more negative than I want to be. And there's definitely certain weeks where you're just emotionally not there for it and and you know you open yourself up to uh uh you know a, a beaten a verbal beating
0: <laughs> well speaking of, of verbal beatings, there's something that we all struggle with from this part of the world whenever we're trying to to put ourselves out there and sometimes it's a, it's a verbal self-beating but sometimes it can come <laughs> from other places which is um the accent uh the northern mm-hmm. irish accent the belfast accent like as i said you've got a you know uh, over half a million subscribers over eighty six million views. How many of those views are? Um, what the fuck is this accent about? Is that a high proportion? Do you get that often?
1: I, I get. I get it very often. I okay. So like, I I released merch quite recently, and like one of the one of the recurring um, likes that people have in my videos is that I use. I say however. Which to me it sounds like like you know you and I know it just it sounds like normal way we'd say however but to everyone else it, it sounds like some sort of cosmic horror of some sort so I made a t shirt out of it um I know I just put however in videos wherever I can because you know people like me saying it so it's almost like yeah I've kind of pandering and selling right and it's, it's kind of it's not that I'm saying it out loud it's quite depressing um <laughs> yeah I because mostly like my friends and family will say i sound different in my videos and i think that is just sort of you know when you listen to a lot of american media and a lot of you like you yeah you know, british media and stuff you're you're you sort of try to replicate their way of of narrating things and that's where like i end up saying sometimes i'll say sound american sometimes i'll sign swedish sometimes most people there's actually quite a few people that think i'm scottish or faking a scottish accent as i'll say um <laughs> to what end? and it's it's fucking and it's it's ridiculous it's and it, there's definitely days where i'm just like okay enough with the uh, pointing out the accent it's 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 as, you know because there's definitely a um an element where people it becomes so much of a like again it's i guess is kind of where i should sort of lighten up there it becomes so much of a joke to the point where i think people think you're a bit of a clown and they you know and you do sort of um there's a few creators i follow uh like especially like some from australia and stuff even they would say just because of the way they say things in australian people think that, oh, there's something wrong with them. And because my audience is predominantly American and because the internet is vastly American, I mean, it's, it's usually just Americans who like to point out what's wrong with the rest of the world rather than their own problems. So you sort of, um, again, I'm kind of, I'm used to it where I don't really mind it because uh, I'm, I'm saying, I guess you could say I am proud of, like I am proud of my accent. I see nothing wrong with it because I'm used to it. But, you know, like we're speaking now, um, like we speak really fast so my my problem is like less so now the responses of people of people just sort of saying it's like you signed like fucking what happened to you well, you know did <laughs> someone stamp on your throat or fucking, you know kicking in the face or like that I had a like my only my only issue with speech when I was younger was I had a lisp at one point um and I had therapy for it in fact I'm actually I'm still thinking about getting a speech therapist to sort of try and <laughs> create some sort of new voice of mine but uh my issues is the recording phase of it because, because I'm so hyper aware of the accent and so hyper hyper aware of how things sound. Um most of my scripts turn out around four or five pages. That to me is usually the big like the I'm trying to I always aim for like the 15 minute mark on a video. So uh four to four to five pages is where I sort of limit myself. That could take me between four to six hours to record, and that's only four, that's only four pages. And that is just because I will constantly regurgitate the same sentence until I feel it sounds right. Because there's just something in my head that'll go, uh, "You said that way too fast," or "You said that almost." Because sometimes we say words like, like, we, like I say "power" in a video, but we say "par" in this country. Mm. So just, just a, just a scramble everything into just one nugget of noise and so that that's where the stress and the anxiety really comes from it's probably the worst part of this entire job is just doing anything with my voice because i'm not comfortable with it and it's probably one of the reasons as well when i why i stopped doing you know performing and stuff like that like even because i just just became so hyper conscious of it it's a shit thing but it's it's there's definitely days where i'll kind of embrace it a bit you know in the videos because i'm in a better mood and i think it kind of flows nicer and stuff but then there's other days where i'm just like okay. I have to make this sound as robotic as possible so people understand it, and it just doesn't sound natural. It doesn't sound natural to me, but maybe it's more natural to them. But you can't escape it.
0: Yeah, because <clears throat> pardon me, because we would, you know, sound. I suppose to a complete outsider, we would probably sound the exact same with the same things. But whenever I was listening to your videos, yeah. because I know that that's not hard, you naturally talk. And whenever someone yeah. is doing anything like that, or even, even right now on the instant feedback podcast. Um, <laughs> I don't sound entirely how I sound, but it, it it's a weird thing when when I was listening to it, and as I said before, going into a weird sort of trancey state, like going through all your mm-hmm. videos, um, the rhythm, you know, maintained it. it none of it was jarring apart from the initial one where I went, well, I'm pretty sure Rand doesn't sound like that. But once you get into that, and that mm-hmm. becomes a recognizable voice in itself, um, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't become an issue. It just requires people from other places to slightly uh change the the sentence in their brain to yeah. go oh that i was, was
1: that. gonna say because yeah i was gonna say because like when you look at you know this is sort of one of the reasons why i can't watch like tv shows set in northern ireland because i i, I think like they speak really slowly to make that northern irish sign correct that i, I think that's just, maybe it's just something that, that i find but i was watching someone recommended i watch the fall so i tried watching the fall and uh it's it's sort of un- I just find it really unnatural listening to Northern Irish people talk in a, in a TV show or something because the performances just come off as of, it's just like they usually speak faster and more direct but here it's like everything has to sound really slow and deliberate and it's yeah. <laughs> so it's it, I don't think I don't think any of us have worked out how the hell we can communicate this accent outside our country.
0: Well, I think I, from watching it from our perspective, you'd look at it and go, well, they, they're clearly acting. I'm watching acting here because he that is not natural. Um, yeah. Did you ever watch Sons of Anarchy?
1: I watched a bit of it once, yeah. There was
0: a season where it was partly set in Belfast and they had... <laughs> okay. Belfast! Not even as Belfast <laughs> as that, actually. It was, it was like such a weird mishmash of all sorts of Irish accents and there was a guy in it, part of the Belfast crew, and he was on the phone to someone and he was like, Johnny, they found me out! I'm gonna <laughs> get killed, so I am! <laughs> um, And it was just like... That is like... Even for... like me sitting watching it I'm like that is nearly incomprehensible surely to <laughs> the American audience this was made primarily for they're still going to be like yeah. what like why change the accent at all if it's still going to be unrecognisable to your main audience why bother changing it Um, just yeah. just a book of uh, Sons of Anarchy which ended horrifically and I, I invested so much time <laughs> in it at that point I was like I may as well finish it but it was a sad yeah. back end 30 hours worth of watching going fuck just fucking end it <laughs>
1: that's why i can't get into tv just i'm scared to invest in something and then it just turns like shit in the end like very rarely can i get into a tv show
0: yeah there is the uh, it's a it's a it's a big leap of faith like where you go especially when everything's already out It's like it's something that was on years ago And you're like right okay this is 8 seasons Um, I'm trying to remember what did people think of this when it was out And uh, were people upset when it ended Am I going to be upset Is it better now to watch it now rather than week by week Because then the build up so much Like if I were to sit and watch The Walking Dead Fresh from now with having 10 seasons in front of me I probably wouldn't find a problem with it But it's that sort of like sitting week by week For please can I have a morsel of story Or action or dialogue would be nice um, and it, no, we can
1: binge things as well now? So we can yeah. like, we can skip all the, the fodder in between it
0: and stuff. So we're just like I, this this is shite, but you know, um, sure the next episode will be on in twenty minutes as opposed to like a week or six months where you're like Jesus fucking Christ, like it's it is like it's a fucking sunken fallacy, it's just like something cost fallacy where you're just like, Well, it'll pay off. I hope. Yeah. Please pay off. Yeah, so there's there's the the stuff with the the accent and, and the audience that are half the battle. From what I can tell from uh, YouTubers in general, the other half of the battle is actually YouTube itself with its sneaky algorithms and things that it likes and doesn't like but won't tell you. When you're making these videos and and get, getting revenue off them or getting your revenue cancelled, how is it possible to even figure out what's going on?
1: So this is like the one thing I I always say to to you know, anyone that tells you this is how YouTube works doesn't understand YouTube because nobody knows how it works, not even really YouTube. I think that people try and theorize how their, this mysterious godly algorithm works, but just nobody knows. It's YouTube is YouTube's issue is that it's just not transparent with its creators there's no line of communication between us and them and if there is a communication of some sort it's with the creators who represent them like those that are getting like 10 million plus views or, or subscribers or whatever so you know people like like I know my like my channel is is Big in the in the respect that like in comparison to well you know I mean you think of like Northern Ireland with people that are on social media not many people have big followings here because we're quite a small nation and usually our content's quite niche whereas mine's you know more broad out so six hundred thousand is really big to me but in the grand scheme of things that's nothing compared to like the you know the the tens of millions and stuff like that there that seem to represent you see apparently to some people you're not really doing well until you're hitting a million you're not doing really well until you're hitting you know, the 5 million, whatever, all that trash. And, but then th- that's just an inescapable like path. Cause I know like when I had like 10,000 subscribers, that felt massive to me, but you were never able to feel like that was worthy because, oh, you, you have to hit that 100,000 threshold and that's where it really starts and all that shit. But anyway, um, that's besides the point. Um, YouTube's issues like, so with, ho- like there was a while where everything was was fine. There was a, there was once a utopia where we didn't have to worry about advertiser friendly content we didn't have to worry about censorship we didn't have to worry about um well just just everything in general but youtube sort of got a bit uptight ever since they got fined by i don't know if they got fined by coppa or the ftc was one of the two they got they got i believe they got in trouble because of their um you know, they're, the way advertising and stuff works. So if I, I get sponsored for my videos, I make all, I make most of my revenue off of... So it's AdSense and the lack like of Patreon as well. But most of my revenue will now come from sponsorships. And obviously, if I do a sponsorship, I have to declare this is a sponsored video. And if I don't do that, I can get fined personally. That's only because YouTube has now put a policy in place where it says whatever you upload, it's not our problem. So if you upload something that's very distasteful and provocative and not allowed in our platform, we, we can't take responsibility for it. We can take it down and that's all we'll do. So their entire shtick has always been just they don't get involved in things. It becomes the creator's fault, which I don't necessarily disagree with. I do think like I understand they have a lot on their plate trying to keep the system going as it is. Like the last thing they want to deal with is some dickhead like me having, you know, an issue with copyright or something. But they the problem is, is that they they don't they would rather support the, it just seems to be that youtube is now in a place where and, and again this is just sort of how all capitalism works and how all businesses work and i don't necessarily agree disagree with it it's just that their their revenue is coming from big companies and they want to support big networks and stuff so you're going to see late night or the night sh- tonight show or with jimmy fallon and all that shit trending because that's the know that's where YouTube's because they're technically family friendly and that fits YouTube's algorithm fine and they'd rather support that than their own creators who make the platform work um but I think they've gotten over the last couple of months I feel like things have kind of like smoothened out a bit but that I only I only say that for now what's going to happen is next year the same thing's going to happen again and then it comes and goes in in different like it, it always fluctuates in terms of how crisis the crisis that's always in front of us so There was the while where uh, the news were getting demonetized left, right, and center because, um, oh, you can't have blood and gore in it. You can't have a kid saying a swear word. You're not allowed to do any of that. Now they've got this, and it's a policy took me a while to get used to. They've got a self, uh, it's like self-certification. So it's like when you select to monetize the video, you then have to go into a drop-down list and select everything that your video falls under. And it basically predicts whether or not your video is going to get monetized or demonetized. Or well, they don't like using the word demonetized because that sounds like they're taking your money away. So they'll use the word unlimited ads, which basically means no ads, because there's there's not really many people in that area. So uh, that sort of made it easier. Like so, I know that I'm at a point now where I have to genuinely censor videos. Like I always censored anything that was really graphic. Like I did a video on Hereditary, and there's a particularly nasty image in it that obviously I just put my face over it. And, you know it's somehow that eased it a bit. <laughs> uh whereas there's other times where you know like nudity and stuff's obviously at default always have to censor. But now it's like if someone has like a cut on their face, I feel like I have to put a wee blur over it because I don't know how their system works. I really genuinely don't know how how it finds content that's gory and stuff. I don't know what they cross reference it with. So it's such a strange, strange system. And that's the thing if YouTube actually came out and said Here's what you're allowed to do, and here's what you're not allowed to do. Then I think creators would be able to work within that system. The problem is, is, because they don't say anything, we don't really know what we're doing until we're told we're wrong. And then obviously, if you go on the onto Twitter and stuff, uh, creators will just like publicly, you know, point out all the issues that are happening, and they'll tag YouTube and stuff in it. And then YouTube has like its little automated bots and it's like you know default responses and stuff. And it seems like if you get enough outcry youtube you'll usually will turn around and like reinstate your video if it gets taken down or something but that's again you have to be a big fault like a big you know youtuber or gain a lot of press to be able to do that so if my content all disappears like it wouldn't surprise me if that was that was just it i don't think i would have the fanfare to be able to you know strike back if that makes sense
0: god it sounds that sounds very stressful and a kind of like abusive bullying relationship with a huge platform—you can't really do anything about. Um, did yeah. they send you? Did they send you a wee plaque at least?
1: I did. I got. I got. You so I got. I got the. I got a plaque for a hundred thousand. You get one for a million. That's the next one. I wish there was one for five hundred thousand, just because I, I. You know, I like to stroke my ego now and again. But I got like their old plaque, which was like you know, like the wee tiny metal bar that was in like a framed photo. And then they came out with this even nicer looking one, like a couple of weeks later. So I kind of wish they got both, but. Yeah, they send you like a. a actually, have the, it's a, I, I, this is, this podcast is not through video; it's just all signed, isn't it? Well, I could
0: get a wee video of this and put it up if you want to show it off.
1: Right. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna put. I have. I don't have the actual plaque on me, but I have the box. <gasps> the,
0: box. Right do, the box. Did you do? Did you do a live I, unboxing of the YouTube or would University itself oh, if you no. did that? <laughs>
1: like, I don't. I don't think it's that. It's not that interesting. So, like in it, it's just what's in it is. So you have the plaque in it, and then they have this uh, really badly uh, photocopied. Uh, <laughs> letter from uh susan wachowski who's the ceo of youtube and like just say congratulations you're on a journey and we're going to be here to support you from night till the end and all that shit and that's that's you know it's exciting when you get it because you feel like oh my god i'm really on to something here and then you realize it's no they they send that out to everyone because they don't care until you're until you're doing something that really benefits them as in you know bringing in advertising for children
0: and stuff they don't care about you well i mean that's you know it's still pretty good like you've put in the hard work that's you've amazing. got something no, yeah, there absolutely. to do it, you know um now i've also yeah. seen youtubers and, and and people have those up like in the background of their videos and it's like i'm not really on youtube i would upload the odd thing from somewhere else that i've done to just have yeah. it there but i'm always looking at them going wouldn't mind a wee fucking plaque on the wall so I wouldn't, that would be nice yeah it's like i don't really it care about any of the other like awards it's like i've never wanted like an oscar or like a BAFTA or anything. not that i'm ever going to get one but just like the youtube yeah. ones you're sort of looking at going mm, yeah king of the internet that's what i want to be i want to get one of them up yeah like, that's one it. that's
1: not out of reach it's like yeah all you need to do is complete actual, an actual goal and that's get a hundred thousand people to sub and then
0: you've got it mm, that's all is it mm, i have to i'll have to get working yeah. on it um <laughs> as as we're approaching halloween um my uh my wife Neve, she doesn't really like scary films, horror films, right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen I've seen, you know, I wouldn't be a big horror buff either, but I've certainly seen more than her. Yeah. For her and anyone who is listening to this and going, Oh, I don't I don't like horror films. What could you recommend this spooky season for someone who's maybe kind of like, well, I don't really watch horror films. I think a lot of people hear horror and they go, That's a like gory films, like people getting stabbed in the face. Although, you know, yeah. I wouldn't be i wouldn't be against that myself but i can understand the people if they don't want to see gore what would be a good solid here's a spooky film to sit and watch and um and enjoy and don't say hocus pocus
1: <laughs> i would say lake mongo uh it's i did a video on it a while back and it's like it's one of my favorites because it is like purely i i love horror movies that don't really call attention to the the, the scary parts like you know there's no jump scares big loud sounds none that stuff exists in lake mongo it's but a family that uh, their daughter it's, it's, its like it's a tragic story. So like a daughter um, drowns in a lake, and the, the 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 family then start to think that they see the, its a mockumentary. So uh, you know the family are interviewed because they believe they start to see the daughter's ghost around the house and stuff. And it it gets complex. You start it starts to get into like you know what actually who is this who is this daughter really what do we know about her and there's some really creepy imagery but nothing that's like gonna jump in your face and go booga 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 and stuff like that. So it's very it's very muted and like more just very tense and eerie but not not enough that i think it would make you want to turn it off because there's no big dramatics well there is one big scare in it but there's nothing big and dramatic that's going to like completely put you off it i mean even that there there's if you're like really like adverse to like proper like proper genuinely because I, I mean i'm not like a big i'm not a big fan of like as, as i said like with the type of content I, I i make it's like i'm not really a fan of just conventional like ghosts jumping out of somewhere and like i'm like the conjuring things and all are they're fine but they're not like entirely my taste i like things that are a little bit more um psychological and stuff so another one would another one of the matt the uh, wholeness one was interesting the possum one where it's like again it's more kind of eerie and, and sinister like it's a guy who's obsessed with this creepy looking puppet. And it's amazing as well because Matthew Holness made the uh, Garth Mer- uh, Garth Marangi all those years ago. So it's kind of an interesting comparison because then mm. you got, kind of have that homage angle where it's like, it's also a little bit quirky at times. And it you know, has, it's a straight horror, but has like, it's those light moments. Um, and then you could just like watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? Which is free on YouTube. Mm. And that stuff still scares the shit out of me, even though it's for kids. It's, horror- it's some horrifying stuff. So like, I, it, it really depends on what your taste is. Like, this is where I get really... you know
0: uh, precise about it yep uh, talking about things that it it scared the crap out of you when he was younger and it still scares the crap out of me Um, do you remember the show 999 that showed horrific everyday scenarios but with horrible accidents happening in them all based off true stories and I had your man it was a BBC show I forget the name of the presenter um, but it was just like Dave thought it would be a normal day at work until he impaled himself on an iron rod and he's just this like I feel
1: like a it has it's like been that. a
0: reconstruction of like a guy getting off like a, a cab of a lorry and just like inserting the rod up his arch, and it's just like he was <laughs> there for 14 hours until someone found him he doesn't have this voice but it's the best I can do um, and it's just like all like based on like sort of like a crime watchy type stuff but retrospectively where it was mm-hmm. like these horrible things happen so be careful because and it's almost like Final Destination style scenarios or like uh, yeah. the, the, the first five minutes of every episode of Casualty it's just like all <laughs> yeah. those sorts of like that would never happen. Oh, but it did. It definitely happened. Yeah. Um. Th- that's that's pretty scary if you don't want to watch a film. I guess <laughs> it, just, it just came to mind. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Just real life in general. Scary, isn't
0: it? Oh, and the theme tune. The theme tune is fucking class. It's like proper scary. You have to check it. Out. I'll stick it at the end of this episode just to just yeah, to sort of fade aside. <laughs> is- um. Yeah. No, that's definitely good. Um. Something came to mind there when you were talking about um, those films where it's like the. Uh, the the way that you were starting to talk reminded me of um when you're like watching a film but you're not aware that it's necessarily a horror or it's supposed to be a sort of scary film um and you've done a a video on this as well i went and saw sweeney todd um the (laughs) um the johnny depp and helena bonham carter what do you call your man who directed that um uh, Tim Burton. Tim Burton, I the Tim Burton. Um one. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing it in the cinema and these two spides came in and sat down. <laughs> and it <that> lasted <laughs> about ten minutes. And they have like all the promotional material and all the trailers showed didn't show that it was a musical. It just showed like the mm-hmm. scariness and the violence of it, so they just sat there for ten minutes, and then both of them got up and walked out once Johnny Depp wouldn't stop fucking singing. And they're like, "This is a fucking <laughs> musical. I fucking get my money back." And they were just they were just raging about it. That's not well. I guess it's not necessarily a scary film, but it's a violent one. There is a, a good bit of gore in that. Um, well, I oh, don't yeah. know if I'd say gore. I mean, there is. But anyway, if you like musicals, check that one out. I guess you're also doing some. We're talking a lot about films, but you've also done uh, videos. About uh, video games and specifically uh, Resident Evil, and it was I was looking through your yeah. your library and was always pleased to see because you have a few in there. You have one for the original Resident Evil about the cinematography of it, and um, we're talking like the original, original, the nineteen ninety six. Um, and it was interesting to watch it as as a game I'm familiar with and grew up with. Haven't watched your video. and going. Oh, I hadn't. Yeah, I hadn't actually considered that myself. About you know, obviously the camera angles and stuff are designed yeah. to. Do that, but it's like, no, I didn't realize even just like the height of the camera at certain points in yeah. certain rooms and stuff to think that, oh, that was like, it's obviously considered, but I hadn't considered there would be that considered, if that yeah. makes sense. You see, so you see,
1: like pre uh, 2000, 2018, so like I think, um let me think here. So I did, see, two years ago, I did a video on Scooby Doo and, uh, the the direct-to-video movies right and that was like the turning point for my channel where I ended up sort of going towards horror but you see before that like I had kind of originally wanted my channel to be when I first I started my channel back when I was I studied film studies at Queens I spent one year there and then I got really miserable and moved to UU and studied animation instead but during that time in in film studies I kind of like oh what if I could apply all this film theory to video games and that was like the goal of the channel and I was like, this is back when there wasn't as many people doing it and stuff. So I was like, starting to say, oh, if you look at the the cinematography uh, in 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 Resident Evil, or you look at how um, I don't even know what stuff I did. Like I looked at like uh, DSX, like how does it set the mood and stuff. And that was like actually what I wanted to originally do with the channel. But then obviously those tastes changed over time. But video games is one of those ones that's like super super time consuming. But I'll do it if it's something I'm genuinely really passionate about. So I did the Resident Evil games because I I think it was like because they did if they do something that I think is genuinely interesting, I will I will find a reason to talk about it. I mean, there's like because there's dozens and dozens of games I'd love to speak about, but it's just they're they're just so brutally it's so brutal to kind of, you know, how do you how do you consult? You know, when you watch a 90 90 minute film, that's understandable. But when you're playing like a like a potentially 20, 30 hour game, it's a lot to condense. And I've done it like I've done it before, but you realize that it's it's it doesn't work with my format, trying to do it on a weekly basis and trying to keep, you know, to schedule. Yeah. There, was there actually a question or have I just sort of rambled down? I was wondering myself.
0: No, I was rambling too. It was just, I was just um, excited about uh, Resident Evil. Um, I think that's yeah. where that came from, but um, yeah, with a game, like there's so much that you could consider about, mm-hmm. well, any aspect of it because they're, they're living works of art. So you could concentrate on just the story, just the fucking lighting in the game. Um, oh, yeah. there's there's too much to go into, but you did, uh, as you said, like you don't do games, uh, very often. But whenever yeah. uh, Resident Evil Three remake came out, you did do one, and the original Resident Evil Three is quite possibly one of my favorite games. So to have a nicely considered, cam look <laughs> at the remake made me sort of go, well, I mean, I guess it isn't that bad of a game. If-. Yeah, I think it was
1: my response to that was because everybody seemed to come out and say it's like it's too short, and I was like, no, I don't disagree with that criticism. Like, it's like I, I do think. I do think that they they should they did definitely cut content to be able to get the game out in a year's time. Like any any time, uh, like because I know when the second one came out, the second one, I thought the second the Resident Evil 2 Remake was like incredible. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really remember the second one that well. I but I do think like when when they when only a couple of months later when they announced that there was a third one, I kind of went, oh, it's only a year and a bit later. Yeah, that's de- it's definitely going to be half as long or something like that. But um, it was. It was like it was a nice substitute because like I think kind of what I like about Resident Evil is that there is sort of like that B-movie campy quality to it like it takes itself quite seriously but I think mm. there is an air of like silliness to it that like a, I, 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 you see I'm all for like really serious brooding horror stuff but I love it I love it when there's a when there's a personality to it you know when there's actually like a sense of humor there's a feeling of like it's like they know exactly what they're making here and they know where the limit is because if you sometimes try to yourself way too seriously, then you kind of fall over the cliff. And then it just, it because one, yeah, when you, I know like I had that, I have like the kind of the controversial opinion where I didn't really like the Jordan Peele film Us, which was a big, big, which like every, like everybody's, every uh, scene of file seemed to love Us, but I didn't like it because I thought it was like a bit too smug and too pretentious and kind of like up its own ass. Like, and it was like just light, you know, even though it had a sense of humor to it and that's like Jordan Peele, also was a comedian at one point. But it just, I I I love it when there's just like there has to be something zany or silly because it's 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 a ridiculous genre like it it's not supposed to be one hundred percent broodingly serious all the time. So it's nice that when you see video games like Resident Evil, there's like a nice um, there's like a a sort of a gratifying kind of joy to it, you know, in between all of the gruesomeness.
0: Yeah, it's it's fairly gruesome, but then someone you know after something horrific happens, someone comes into the room and goes, "What is this?" like just really yeah. over-the-top bad like just like no oh, yeah. one would react like that like why like even the like the inclin or intonation of how someone has said something you're like well that's taking me right out of it but kind of in a fun way
1: i was gonna, I was gonna say because like it's it's interesting because when people always it's like when like the last of us part two came out and i know that that had its own series of controversy because people didn't agree with the way that story was but it was the exact same it was the exact same thing where um i always say this in like a lot of my videos it's when it's missing that that human element. When you sort of like so as much as I really like The Last of Us Part II, what it what it lacked that the first one had was there was a there was an underpinned sense of humor to it. There was, there is still, you know, it, 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 it's like you're still telling this very serious, grim story, but there's still, you know, characters can still be sarcastic, they can still be witty, they can still say funny things. I think and I do think that's a complete necessity in horror. I think that there needs to be something to elevate um. like the tension and stuff in some way. And I think that's, what's good about, you know, Resident Evil is that it's, 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 um, I can't remember what, I think there was a, a game critic that once said, like when Resident Evil 7 came out, it's, it's two steps to, it's, it's one step forward, two steps back in terms of design. So it's like, it's not trying to, you know, elevate the genre into something new. It's trying to, you know, it's trying to celebrate everything and like have all those, those little, just those little fun, quirky things, those little, those little eccentricities and stuff that we all need because that's that's human, you know. We're not. I don't think. I think it's very bad just to be completely robotic all the time. Sorry, that's just my rant. That's my rant over.
0: <laughs> no, no, I I agree. Um, agree with what um you said about the Last of Us two as well. Um, but I, I won't talk any further because I don't want any uh, necessarily spoilers or people people like like, I took my time with that game like I think my Mm playthrough and that was very the the length on it was very very high same with the Resident Evil 2 it went on for hours and hours because I was slowly as slowly as possible in as small chunk as possible which more the case for The Last of Us 2 because I know how Resident Evil 2 goes Because it's a remake but the last was too There was that pressure of like I must drink in And enjoy every aspect of this wonderfully Created uh, world but also There's fucking spoilers everywhere so um, Let's move this along (laughs) a wee bit shall we Which is a shame Um, Right I have have a wee uh, A wee quiz here for you Ryan Um, Because I said I I watched watched your videos um, And this is a wee section Called um, Who are you talking about Um, These are things that you have said about people. I know you said earlier on that you like to challenge Charlie Brooker and a part of what he said in an interview whenever um the likes of Black Mirror became famous and stuff he then bumped into some people that he said things about and they were like yeah i guess i probably shouldn't have uh, done that show i guess that was that was a stupid thing to do and he's just left standing yeah. there going oh i'm so sorry i, I was just being i was trying to be funny uh, but i don't think this will be the case for you <laughs> about the uh, about um, these ones here so um Jesus. <laughs> these are quotes and all I want you to do is if you can if you can if you can tell what video you said this in or who it was about either either oh, I,
1: I barely remember what i said the other day like i once the video is out there i just my brain's exhausted from it and i probably regret it immediately because i've said some shit that i'm sure would get me in trouble now i haven't
0: well the the other caveat is that these are things that because we we're talking earlier on you know like you do use humor and you do use that charlie Brooker way of slipping a wee phrase or a wee a wee term <coughs> here and there which you know, could slip under the radar, but these are things that I, I picked up on as I was watching, and they, they made me genuinely lol, Ran, this is this is where I get cancelled, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is what it's been built up to. It's been a lovely chat for a oh, yeah. an hour, but um, yeah. the room that you're in the door is going to be kicked in, and someone's going to come in with a big rubber <laughs> cancelled stamp uh, for your YouTube plaque. Um, okay, dim-witted scum. Who Dim. who did I
1: said this about a person?
0: You said you said this about. Well, let's say I'll give you a wee bit of a clue. <laughs>
1: dim scum. I'm, I definitely said that about a lot of people, but I don't,
0: this know, is, don't know if I said it about my thing. This this was uh, a, a, against a, a specific group of people, but I, I rush to say not on a sort of racial or ethnic basis, but it's this certain group of people that you you refer to as dimwitted scum.
1: <laughs> oh God, is this going? Oh, is this really bad? I. I mean, I think most people are dim-witted scum. But <laughs> and where where um, where would you find where would you find a
0: nice cross section of most people? Then that's another wee clue. Most me. people, yeah. If you if, 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 if you were to take take a a random group of people from society and put them in one place, you would probably find that they're all dim-witted scum.
1: I, I, I'm scared to guess in case it's even worse than what the actual answer is.
0: If your guess is horrific, we can edit it out. That's right. But I've, I've, I don't think you, you would say anything horrific.
1: I, 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 mm, mm. So is it about a certain community or is it a certain group? Well, what are I, we, mean, what are we, I guess I you
0: could call them a community. They're a community for probably about two months of every year. And it's a televised... Community that we would all maybe sit. Oh,
1: dimwitted scum! Oh, let me say something about Big Brother. Yeah,
0: the Big Brother contestants. Oh shit! Okay, okay. Oh yeah, no, they are. <laughs> they
1: are. Oh, he's, um, he's doubling down, ladies like, and
0: gents. He's doubling down. So you did get that out. That, that, just uh, to be clear, for want someone wants to go and check that out. That was the uh, Dead Set episode or Dead Set video. Yeah. Um, which I actually he said
1: well, like that's the thing is I feel like that was that was light in comparison to anything Charlie Brooker ever said. Oh God, but he's yeah, a, he
0: said, he's famous,
1: so he can say you
0: know, he'll get away with it. I won't. <laughs> he's, he's got the legal team of the BBC to back him up. The uh, <laughs> he's got the uh, what is it, the slander department? Let's just say, Mister um, oh, Big Balls. You referred to this I... character as Mister Big Balls. Mister Big Balls. Is
1: this a is this a recent video or because I think I've said it a few times?
0: Oh, I don't know how long ago this was exactly. I can check. Mr.
1: Big Balls. I I I remember saying it. I'm kind of. It's
0: it's. it's... I appear to be looking at my own videos, so I can't help right now. Um, Okay.
1: And this is what this is specific specific person. Oh my god, Mr. Big
0: Balls. Specific.
1: Was an actor or a character? See, this is.
0: It was the character. It was a character. Someone. Someone had suddenly turned into Mr. Big Balls. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, ge- I genuinely, I genuinely don't know.
0: It was. Do you want me to tell you, or would you like another hint?
1: Give me another hint, sure. I'll try one more
0: time. Um, oh, it's it's a film that we have mentioned during this interview. We've actually talked about oh, this film. Balls. Damn, Mister
1: Mister Big Ball. So is it one of the? Is it one of the Jim Carrey films? It is. Yeah. Is it one of the East ones? No. Is East Ventura one? Nope. No, it's true. Mister Big
0: Ball. Well, I, I I know it's one of them. I don't know which one. It's The Mask. So Stanley, Stanley, Ipkiss, you were, you, Stanley You were you were talking about whenever the difference. Oh, when he with the mask on. Yeah, the difference between Stanley Ipkiss and the bad guy, whatever his name was, um, the difference in but, how the mask sort of uh, adjusts their personality. So the evil guy only becomes more evil. So it's not a massive change in character. But Stanley yeah. only becomes Mr. Big Balls when he puts the mask on and is super confident. I found that very funny.
1: I, it just becomes a That just becomes like someone when they're drunk, really, yeah. doesn't it? It's, it's just, just Mr. Big Balls.
0: Like I thought, whenever I heard that, I was like, is that is that a Northern Irishism? Mr. I, Big Balls. It must
1: be one, because I, I, most of the stuff I just hear other people say and then I repeat them. I'm still a child when it comes to those things. I did look. Here, because people, people say Billy Big Balls here. That's the one I've heard. Yeah.
0: Because I did look through the so comments I, I, and I didn't see anyone draw attention to Mr. Big Balls. And I thought, is that slipped under the radar with some people? Or is that Mr. Big Balls? That, sound, uh, that sounds like a localized thing to me, which is why I enjoyed it. I
1: think it's I, it definitely is a localized thing, I'd say, yeah.
0: Big dick energy wielding show-offs.
1: Oh. <laughs> I, did I actually write? I'm, wow, I don't, I don't remember the things I This is this
0: is, a, this is another group of people. This is... Um, it was in a, the first of a popular, well, I was going to say a popular series of films. The first film was popular. It was set in the past. It was released in the late 90s, I believe. Late
1: 90s, late 90s, late 90s. And um, Big Dick Wielding, what was it again? Big Dick
0: Energy Wielding Show Offs.
1: I, I like i i maybe i mean like I, was, <laughs> I don't know what part of my my personality said that uh jesus no i i get I, I don't know yeah, It has either <laughs> another hint or else um
0: the second film in this series was uh renowned for very well maybe not the second film sorry the the uh, there was a spin off film that was renowned. For its very, very, very bad CGI effects. Okay, a spinoff with
1: bad CGI
0: effects. God damn, this is where Featuring a popular WWF slash E wrestler.
1: Uh, oh, the, the film stars, or the film that in question where I said this stars the uh, popular wrestler.
0: Uh, the spinoff stars the popular wrestler. Yeah, so he's not in the original. My clues are very obtuse, very obtuse. This is They're a, very obscure. Yeah, this is a very, very hard. Um, well, let's let's do this. If it's not your daddy, it's, it's your. It's wife. More like this is. It's
1: more like I'm now like telling myself I better delete all these videos. <laughs>
0: um, if it's if it's not your daddy, it's who? Wh- what? If it's, if it's not my daddy, it's. Wh- yeah,
1: what's up? I don't get that reference. If
0: it's not your dad, it's your. Ma. Alright, And another way of saying ma is <laughs> daddy and. Mommy. Change, change the second letter. <laughs> the, mummy, Manny, the, mum, the mummy, the mummy,
1: the mummy, the mummy. Big, big dick energy. Big dick energy. Oh, wait, hold on. I,
0: do you know who that I, was right?
1: Like, um, big dick energy wielding show offs. Is it the guys that steal the 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 jewelry? Yes. No. Is it the is it the the mummy's
0: henchmen? No, no. It's the it's you were right the first time. It was the um the Americans who turn up those assholes yes that's right they're they're carrying on and getting on well like like americans it it would turn out um god my my (laughs) quiz yeah i remember i remember
1: remember precisely where i said that i think it was the bit where they're on the boat and there's like a shootout and there's the guys with like the cowboy sort of thing and they're just blasting shots everywhere yes and uh jonathan the character jonathan the english guy or the scottish guy rather makes makes a makes a comment about them
0: yeah um, that's a, that's a good film. Mean. That's a good film. I was having this thought it's as a great well film, yeah. as I was watching that. I know they're coming out with um. I don't know if it's still happening. I don't know if it's a film or TV series now, but they they were trying to make a big screen version of the Nathan Drake Uncharted video games and I, and I, that yeah. that era Tom Holland's in it or something is he? I was thinking like if they're- He's
1: the one, he, think they're playing like a young Nathan Drake, so mm. Tom Holland and I believe Scully's played by uh, Mark Wahlberg jesus
0: well i mean i could say I know. it but i mean i'm not a fan of him um but if the, no. if the games were about in the 90s and they were making a nathan drake film that era of brendan fraser would have been perfect as uh, nathan drake
1: oh oh yeah like i know that i know a lot a lot of people wanted nathan fillion so that if it was like 20 like 10 15 years younger he probably would have mm-hmm. been perfect for because nathan fillion looks exactly like nathan drake yeah I, in fact i remember reading that apparently nathan drake was originally based off johnny knoxville oh really that's what I I remember reading somewhere that they use Johnny Knoxville was one of the the um like the people they used mm. for their characterization.
0: In terms of how he looks or how he throws himself about and constantly breaks his legs, either either of the two, <laughs> either yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's 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 the end of my very hard quiz. It would uh, appear to be. Um, you
1: know what? You know what? I, I'm 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 more enlightened at the kind of stuff. Like again, like I I'm on autopilot all the time, so I never realize some of the things I say. And like again, I'm always careful what to say because you know I don't. I, you know I I do believe I do I know my own ignorance and I know that there's definitely things I'm not allowed to say. But sometimes I'm like. If it's if it's if it's sort of seen enough as a as like a, a broad, sort of vague allusion to a specific, you know, a person that I don't like or a film or whatever, I'll say it maybe, but uh, thankfully I don't think I've, I've hurt too many feelings
0: yeah no well the, those things those yeah. things that you said that I I specifically wrote them down because I thought they were funny and we were talking at the start where oh were they actually funny yeah. no I, this, this wasn't
1: I can never tell what's funny I don't know how like anything I say is funny I just sort of like, just
0: it just comes out of me <laughs> <laughs> just, just to be clear this was so gl- this wasn't a, an actual confrontation <laughs> where I was like you fucking <laughs> getting off and calling these people these things no I wrote them down because I found them they were funny <laughs> and you were saying at the start you weren't sure whether you you know you were funny or stand up with something for you but there you go maybe you're not aware yeah. you're as funny as you are well
1: i'm, I'm glad because i, I never I like you know as for as serious as my content is i do i don't take myself too seriously when i make them like so i do hope that people know that i'm usually when i say things it's usually just a, a, a just a, a jab that i mean nothing by I mean, granted, if there if there's something I mean by it, I'll usually say more.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'll dig myself a deeper hole. Um, well, sure, we'll 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 leave it for there. Um, <laughs> just in case, I don't I don't want to get caught up in your in your cancellation, Ryan. Um <laughs> That's random. This is this is going to be a, a, a reference point for the upcoming Wikipedia article on the whole affair. <laughs> um, so we can find you on YouTube, which is YouTube.com. We'll just put in Ryan Hollinger, I presume, YouTube.com forward yeah, slash. Yeah,
1: YouTube, YouTube.com slash Ryan Hollinger is fine. That's it, yeah.
0: Um, and you also, you mentioned earlier on you have a Patreon as well.
1: Yeah, Patreon.com slash Ryan Hollinger as well. Handy, there's not many Hollingers in this world, so like all those URLs are free. Now,
0: that's worked out well. There, There is another Marcus Keeley, and he is in Northern Ireland. I've mentioned him on a previous episode, um, uh, but normally uh, I'm quicker to get newer platforms, so I, I have to be. I have to be an early adopter. Get- because he yeah, will get, get every
1: url possible before he gets it.
0: exactly and it's more annoying because i think he lives in dungannon so it's like he's not that far <laughs> it would be different if it was like another marcus keely away in australia or something like oh god he got it and it's him away over there if i really wanted to yeah. i could find out where he lived kick his fucking door down <laughs> and go give me the fucking give me that twitter handle or whatever it is although i am on twitter it's marcus keely and he isn't um so i don't know yeah. what he's on because i have that one so there we go. <laughs> um, so, uh, Rand, thanks very much. It's been uh, a lovely yeah, chat. You, nice to nice to see ye. Um, yeah, you too. It's a
1: been a long time. Hopefully, meet again in circumstances that don't
0: involve us being quarantined or in court for slander. Um, of, of, <laughs> yeah. uh, certain groups, i bringing nice. you. I'm bringing you down with me. <laughs> tonight's rescues are true stories we've sometimes used actors and stuntmen but everything you see and hear is based on the accounts of the people involved they've helped us to reconstruct events as they happen